0: So you're reading Matthew's gospel account and reach chapter 28. Jesus has resurrected from the dead and has appeared to both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. And he tells them to go and tell the disciples to head to Galilee. So some time passes and the disciples eventually get to Galilee. And then bam, Jesus appears to them. And this is what he says in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 19. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then shortly after that it ends. Matthew ends on what we call the Great Commission. Now, the Great Commission is a famous command from Jesus, but what does it mean for us today? Was Jesus only imploring the eleven disciples to go out and evangelize? Who is called to evangelism? That's what we will discuss today And some more on a special solo episode of The Guy's Guide to Christian Living. Let's do this. Welcome to The Guy's Guide to Christian Living, Episode 2. Like I said in the introduction, today is unfortunately a solo episode because Trevor has had a super hectic week, and that's understandable because he's an associate pastor and Easter has just happened. And something I want to say kind of right off the bat here is that I don't want anyone to think that just because many worship services are online right now, that that means that there isn't a ton of work going on behind the scenes by your local church communities, because there definitely is. And I think it's very important for us to be thankful for all the really hard work that our local church families are putting in to bring us these online church services. Now, with that little message out the way, let's get into today's topic. I want to start this episode with the word evangelism. What does evangelism mean? And where did the word even come from? Eddie M. Online, at least I think that's how you say it, uh, it's an online dictionary that I will link in the show notes, defines evangelism simply to mean the preaching of the gospel. And now from there, we need to ask, well, what is the gospel? And in short, gospel simply means good news. So if we know that gospel means good news, we can define evangelism as the act of bringing good news. And an evangelist, well, that's someone who shares good news. Now, why do we need to care about what this random word means? And the answer to that is we need to care because the biblical authors cared. In fact, in the Apostle Paul's second letter to Timothy, he says this in chapter 4, verse 5. He says, Keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. So we define the work of an evangelist to be the act of sharing good news. And I think we can go ahead and say that our good news here is the good news of Jesus Christ's resurrection on Easter Sunday. Now, you may be asking, who is supposed to be doing this work of sharing Christ's gospel, of sharing Christ's good news? And I would say that the answer is, you are. I am. I would argue that every single Christian on the planet has the same responsibility here. Too often I have heard people say that they don't feel like they're called to evangelize. And I think that is just the totally wrong way to be thinking about our lives as Christians. And don't get me wrong, I've said this very same thing during my life and my own spiritual journey. But the truth for me was, and I think this can be true for a lot of us, is that I just had a wrong idea of what evangelism, and along the same tune, witnessing about God was. To me, an evangelist slash witness, I'm going to start using them interchangeably, was somebody like Trevor. Trevor is a preacher. And so he is trained to share Christ's love with people. And to me, that made me clean of the responsibility. If that's his job, it's not mine. However, through my personal studies and life experiences, I've come to believe that that way of thinking is not only incorrect, but it's also selfish. Now, why is it incorrect? And to answer that, let's go back to Matthew 28 and the Great Commission. I'm going to reread verses 18 and 19. But this time I will also include the first part of the final verse, verse 20. So here's what it says And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, a surface level reading of this passage might actually lead you to assume that Jesus is only giving this command to the 11 disciples. And people have actually used this argument before to absolve themselves of the responsibility of witnessing about Christ to others. And I think that that way of thinking about this passage just avoids what is really at the heart of what Jesus is saying here. Now, in this point in history, is Jesus talking to his little crew only? Yes, but pay attention to what he says in verse 20. He says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, what did Jesus just tell the disciples to do in verse 19? Literally the same sentence. He says, go make disciples of all nations. So, if Jesus tells the eleven disciples to teach the nations all that he has commanded, and one of these commands is to go out and teach of the nations, do you see how that does not free future generations from that responsibility? We are all called to witness to others about God. Another example I have for this is the story of the conversion of Saul in Acts chapter 9. Now Saul was not one of the eleven disciples. In fact, we know that he was well known in that time for hunting Christians down and ravaging the early church movement. Yet on the way to Damascus, Jesus appeared to him and called to him to evangelize about this good news. So whether we like it or not, we cannot escape the fact that we are all called to share our faith with others. Now, what are some ways we can do that? And I have a little list of three ways we can evangelize or witness to others about Jesus. Number one, by being neighborly. We are not called to be annoying or to pester anybody. If God is calling you to witness to somebody and you try and try again, but after some attempts they just don't want to hear it, Well, there's going to come a point where you're just going to have to accept their decision and pray for them. But you're also going to have to move on with your life. And I would say that that point is not right away. You shouldn't just give up after one attempt. However, if they refuse to open their heart, then that is on them and there is nothing more you can do besides pray. Do not pester them over and over again. In fact, if we are, quote, that annoying Christian in our friend circles or wherever else, then I would bet that we are not bringing anybody closer to Jesus. I would actually argue that we're pushing them away. Number two, by not being a total jerk. This is similar to not being annoying, but I'm also taking it a step further. If you are all too quick to tell somebody how much of a sinner they are and are not loving and caring towards them, then I would say you are probably failing at this evangelism thing. And I think a lot of us, me included, can be way too quick to start calling everybody else out and are guilty of not being quick enough to look in the mirror at how we screw up all the time. If this is something you struggle with, I think a quick reminder of what the fruits of the Spirit are can be a great help. You know, peace, patience, kindness, all that good stuff. And don't forget to pray about it. Jesus loves to heal. Don't forget this. This is key. Number three. You have to understand and accept that you're going to get uncomfortable at times. There will be times when you feel the overwhelming urge to talk to somebody, a friend, it could be anybody, about Jesus. And it's going to feel so awkward and you don't want to do it and you feel almost sick to your stomach and, oh my gosh, I can't do this, this is horrible. Take a deep breath and say a quick prayer. Also, remember what Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10 verse 19. This is what he said. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Now, to give some context, Jesus was speaking to his disciples about testifying about him in front of the day's religious and governmental leaders. But I'm also fully convinced that he is offering this same help to you and I today. Jesus clearly was not wanting to go into his passion, yet he did it anyway, saying, Not my will, but yours be done, when he prayed. When it is your time to shine, and you know you are called to share the gospel with someone, and you are so nervous you could throw up, can you just stop for a second and say a quick prayer and then say, Not my will, but yours be done? Pray about it. Ask God to help you. He will. Earlier, I said that I believe that when I try to actively avoid witnessing to others about Jesus, I'm acting selfishly. Now, why do I think that? To help explain, I thought up a quick metaphor. Now, this metaphor might be good or it might be terrible. I'm really not sure, but I do hope it brings a little bit of clarity to my stance. So here's how it goes. Let's pretend that you and everyone around you constantly walk with a 25-pound weight chained to each leg. Some people are physically stronger and so they actually seem fine to live with these weights on their legs and they don't care to have them removed. But others are less gifted in this sense and struggle every day just to do basic activities. Now this is how it's been for all your life and for everybody you know for as long as you can remember. Then one random day you come across somebody who is walking without the weights. So you go up and you ask them how they're able to walk so freely. And they happily hand you a key to take off the chains. So now, you take off your chains, and you can walk freely. And everything feels amazing. You can run, you can jump. Just standard walking is easy. And everything feels so good. Now, one day, you're walking around, and somebody notices that you don't have any chains on your legs. And they walk up to you, and they ask you, Well, you know, what's made you be able to do this? How were you able to take off your chains? And you don't tell them, because maybe you feel like you weren't called to, even though you are keeping a key to their chains right in your pocket. What kind of person would you be? Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Jesus has commissioned each and every one of us to share his message to the world because he loves you and he loves the person to the left of you and he loves the person to the right of you so much that almost 2,000 years before any of us were born, he chose us over his own self-preservation. And now you and I are to tell anybody who will listen that he has chosen them to. We are called to evangelism. No, that doesn't mean you have to go be a preacher. And no, that doesn't mean you have to walk up to random strangers in Starbucks all the time. It can be as simple as picking up somebody's wallet that they dropped and returning it to them. Or if you're hanging out with somebody and the topic of Jesus just naturally comes up, don't shy away from it. Sometimes the conversations that may seem like they're going to be the worst end up being the most fruitful conversations you can ever have. Trust me, I know from experience. It doesn't always have to be difficult, but sometimes it will be. With that said, just like with anything else, the more you practice, the better you'll get. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let's be the ones who bring this news to our generation. God is going to be with us every step of the way. He said so himself. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of The Guy's Guide to Christian Living. I know that this was a little bit more academic or technical than our first episode was, but if I'm just going to be honest, that's kind of my style and how I think about questions like these. So I hope it wasn't too bad, and I also hope that you feel inspired the next time you feel that undeniable feeling of the Holy Spirit tugging at you to share. If you feel that our podcast deserves a rating, whatever it is, please give it if you feel inclined to do so. Also, If you feel the need to offer some feedback through a written review, we would love that. This podcast is so new that we can easily take your feedback into consideration right away for implementation into our next episodes. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Have a good one.